Hello friends, what is happening and welcome to the Multiverse Podcast episode 81 for August the 16th and another Beyond the Multiverse episode. This is your weekly entertainment show covering movies, TV, video games, comics and everything in between. As the hype for Denise Villeneuve's next blockbuster movie, Dune, edges closer to a release, we take a look at not just his pedigree as a director, but also his incredible filmography and try to rank his movies. That's going to be a very, very hard task. I'm your host and known as number one fan, Hussein. My co-host is the meme lord, Mio, and welcome to episode 81. Mio, how you doing? Doing great. How you doing? Not too bad. I have to say, I was taking a shower today, as you usually do every day, unless you're so an actor. Actors. <laughs> uh, and I was just there, I was wondering, I was like, I think his filmography is, dare I say, on par with Nolan. It's and I great. Was, it's I, no yeah. messes. There in my is, opinion, no messes. Yes, yes. I, we'll, we'll, obviously, once we we talk and dive f- further into the podcast, we'll talk about it. But I was there for a good ten minutes, and literally, it dawned on me. I was like, "Am I really like? Do I have a new goat?" <laughs> you, can, you, you can like, you can like yeah, two different of, people. Of, you can of like course, them. of course. Uh, so, a- episode eighty-two. I'm your host and Denise Vilna's number one fan. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, we'll we'll dive straight into it, Mio. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll go basically housekeeping rules. We're only going to co- cover his, you know, his feature films. There's only six of them, and we'll go in release order. We'll talk about. I think we might as well start off with talking about Denise, Denise or Dennis. I, for me, it's Dennis. It has it's Dennis Villeneuve. Sorry, I know it's Denise. Um, so let's talk, should we let's talk about the director first as a whole? Okay. We dive into his movies and then we just uh, wrap up the show with uh, our thoughts on Dune. It's just a bit more in-depth, possibly, depending on the time. What a director, Mio. Uh, yeah, he's got quite the resume so far. He does. Yeah. No no misses. I feel like this podcast, for me, like, usually when I, when we put these podcasts together, I, I it's easy for me to, you know, conclude the list together and go, yeah, this is an outright number one, this is outright number two, blah, blah, blah. But with... Villeneuve, I, I really can't. Unlike, let's say, for example, Nolan, there's an outright number one, an outright number two, and then everything is, you know, you could probably mumble and jumble them around and stuff. But with this one, it's just like, depending for me, it feels like, depending on what mood I'm in, mm-hmm. a different movie is his best movie. It's it's, it's a weird one. Like, I, I'm struggling with this. It's, he's a great director. I feel like um, he is getting the recognition that he deserves, I think. He'll Definitely. get more. Yeah, I think he'll get more when Dune comes out. I've mentioned this, and I've always compared it to Nolan's Dark Knight uh, movie, The Dark Knight. Uh, so I think that's what Dune will be. Dune's coming out in a two part, I believe. So it just remains to be seen. But he is all hits, no misses. Yeah, and... he he's only been nominated for one Oscar so far, which is a travesty. Yeah, but I, he he definitely needs to. Get more nominations, maybe a few wins. Who knows? He's still pretty young. He's yeah. one sixty-seven, so he's about fifty. Damn, my math is off. Fifty something. Like you know, he's not even he sixty is, yet. He is sixty. He's in his sixties. Yeah, early sixties. Yeah, early sixties. Really because my dad is sixty-six, so he's a year younger than my father. So I believe he is sixty or late. 50, 59. I'm getting 50. 54. Okay, How old so is he now? Oh, my dad's 55. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I made well. 
<laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh, I made my dad a Damn. lot older than he is. He is. Damn. Damn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Kevin Hart. Just <laughs> added 10 years to your dad's life. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dad. Right. I think Anyways. my dog's yeah, gonna stitch on me tomorrow. <laughs> uh, he's pretty young, so he's so he... he's he's got like a long way to go for his career to be finished. But yeah, it, it's it's a great start so far. It's a great he, start. He has a a good eye for shots. I have to say, I yeah, know obviously he works. Shots. I know, yeah, I know he works with um, Deacons quite a bit. For I think it was Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Sicaria, I want to say. I don't mm. know if you worked with Roger Deakins on, on, on that movie, but watching that, watching uh, Prisoners, there's so many great shots in those movies that, you know, really stand out and really just kind of take you away. And if all his movies kind of, I wouldn't say they have the same style, but you kind of know what you're getting in the sense where you're going to get, you know, a, a, a compelling story, great cinematography, and a hit essentially like yeah it's 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 incredible i haven't okay with nolan yes i'm comparing nolan and quentin tarantino as my other favorite uh, directors you always have one or two in there kind of you know filmography where you don't really like for, for you for example it's interstellar uh for me i can't remember which one it is but for quentin tarantino for example once upon a time in hollywood yep. uh there's a few other some people say um is it a magnificent seven Oh, uh, no, no, no. no. Hey, for eight. Yeah, hey, for eight. One number short. One number (laughs) short and a different uh, title. Yeah. So some people say there's, you know, a bit of uh, the the list is not as perfect as, let's say, Villeneuve's list. So as you said, he's young. I think Dune is going to be an absolute blockbuster. I I said it the other day. I posted the post about on, on the Instagram page and I said, I think that's that has the pedigree to be film of the year and that does not come up for any nominations in, in Oscars I'm going to be absolutely shocked there's no way obviously we haven't seen the movie we don't know but I I trust I trust Villeneuve with it you know and uh, yeah and that's, and that's coming from like these these movies and they all have a different variety to them you know Blade Runner is different Arrival is different Sicario is different Enemy is different Prisoners and Incendies are they're all different movies where if you look at Tarantino you kind of know what sort of movie you're going to get with him if you look at Nolan, you know what sort of movie you're gonna get with him, so on and so forth. So I think Nolan is possibly you could say you know a master of one, you know, with just with time and you know space and stuff like that. Maybe Quinta Tarantino same thing, but Villeneuve is kind of jack of all trades, and that's not a bad thing to be honest with you. It's it's great. I think it's it's refreshing. Uh, some people get bored of just watching a Nolan movie. I would say like you know the next one you might come out. And be like, oh, you know what you're gonna get with him, but with Villeneuve, I have the feeling that it's always different. You're always gonna, you know, anticipate something different, and that brings some level of excitement. You don't want to be watching the same thing. I think, for example, when you look at the Marvel franchise as a whole, people might fatigue out sooner or later. Depending I'm pretty on fatigued. You. Yeah, exactly. I, you kind of... I'm like, I'm not excited for what if, I, like, what if came out this week, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it when we get time. Yeah, I, I exactly. Really <laughs> exactly. So, so with Villeneuve, it's it's always something refreshing, always something new, you know, a different take or something. But one thing that remains is just the beautiful shots, the the amazing experience watching movies. And yeah, each movie has its own experience, which was I think let's start with Incendies. Uh, <laughs> fine enough, that was a, a pick for the the Multiverse Movie Club. And 
Rick's pick, and that was an absolute hit in my books. Same. I think you you also agreed, yeah. Mm-hmm. An absolute blast of a movie. Uh, this is his first feature film, and to bring this to the table, I think if I knew about him around that time, I think that would have you know made me stand up and pay attention to him because I know I mentioned a lot about, and I'll, I'll repeat what I kind of said in, in that in that podcast, but to be able to not just captivate you through a compelling story that's that's you know that's a good story writer you, you know you have members on board to do that with you and stuff like that but as a director to film the film in a way where it makes you uneasy it makes you feel you know tense it makes you feel like you need it felt for me at times I felt I was in the position and when a director does that or a movie does that for me that's an amazing movie that goes beyond just a typical movie where you're sitting there and you're just experiencing the movie for you know the storytelling or you know the shots or the the location or you know an action movie for example this is everything combined and this is more so for me and i said that at the time i thought this was his best movie But obviously watching other ones, it's it's so hard to tell because it's depending on the emotions that you're going through. And with this one, each movie gave me a different sense of uh, emotion, this different sense of feeling, different kind of, I was tense here, I was une- uneasy here. And uh, in, in another movie, I was quite, you know, I was anticipating something, I was excited for something, uh, happy for something. So within Cindy's, it was just completely opposite. It was just like uneasy. And I told you, I felt... At times, uh, there was two particular moments in that movie where one of them was the bus scene, yep, where I scene. had um, that was one of the I think one of the best scenes I've seen this year. I'll go as, as far as saying that in all the movies I've seen this year, one of my favorite scenes. And um, that scene made me. I had to pause the movie. I said I dropped. Remember, I dropped you a message. I said, "Listen, I, I can't believe what I've just seen. This movie has just made me feel like down and dumped. I need to pause this movie." I took a fifteen minute, ten minute break, mm-hmm. got back into it. And then that scene with the kids, I uh, that was a hard watch for me. But the movie as a whole was a hard watch, and the, the way the movie is shot, it's such a a clever approach to the movie where it's done in, in in a sense where it's it's the final kind of scene, the final act that really just shocks you, and yeah. then it, the, yeah, and the whole movie ends up making a bit more sense. And the movie is told kind of in a normal linear narrative, and then you know. In certain aspects, they're throwing, uh, you know, a flashback to explain how they got to, to that particular point in, in the timeline. They'll show you the, the normal timeline, then go flashback. So it's not something revolutionary, but it's done in a way where you're watching the movie and you want these flashbacks to, you know, fill in the gaps. How did we get here? Or what's the story behind this particular scene? And I love that. I love the whole roller coaster of emotions throughout the whole movie. Uh, and it's not one of those movies where, you know, it's a feel good movie where you get the answers at the end and you go, you feel good about it. You're just like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you, you, probably, you probably feel worse after you get the answers. Exactly. So for me, it was like, did I just see what I just saw? I had a double take and I was like, I, I, I one, couldn't believe one it. One plus yeah. one equals one. Yeah. Like, like the character said. Yeah. And I was like, what? It's like, yeah. For me, this was just, it was the. Oh. As I said, it's it's so hard to sit here and go, yeah, this is his best movie. And this is why I'm going to struggle with this this list is because at that time I felt, oh my God, I was overwhelmed. There was that emotion, but yeah, what an incredible movie. And the yeah. entry 
for his first feature film. I don't think it got any awards. I think it won. No, it was just it was just nominated for like a one Oscar for best like foreign film. Yeah, but I would compare this movie a lot to like Memento. Yes, as in like there was like whispers of like the movie. Like obviously, like people like who saw the movie thought it was like really great, but like not many people saw the movie. It wasn't until like. Batman Begins came out. Then people were like, "Ooh, this Nolan guy is pretty good. I should yeah. check out his earlier work." And then that's when like Memento came out. So for like for like Incendies, like we didn't know what it was. We like, didn't, we didn't yeah. pay attention to it. It wasn't until say like Arrival, Blade Runner came yeah. out. It's like, "Oh, yeah. like this Denise guy is like really good. We should yeah. check out his earlier work." And you know, Incendies really blew us away. Like the like the, how the movie structured is kind of like Blade kind of like memento too yes where like there's like two timelines going at the same time but they like converge at the end mm-hmm. which shows like the reveal like the mom's timelines going yes. and the kids timelines going and when they merge at the end that's when you find out like the mystery of the film and yeah it's, it's like really brilliant how the movie is structured i think you hit it on the head though yeah it... yeah it's like solving a puzzle like yeah both of them both of them like were making it and you know when the end like when they find out that one letter, yeah. it's like, oh, like there yeah. it is. And it's a movie where it it feels rewarding in a sense because it's a movie that you could easily drop in the first, I would say, 15 minutes, you know. It's a really slow-paced movie, but it's done with intention. And if you don't because it's obviously a subtitled film, it's a foreign movie. So it's easy to drop and not, you know, get caught into it. But that that's the thing about it. The setting is and 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 I could be, I wouldn't say biased, but it could have, you know, uh, appealed to me differently because it's obviously filmed in, well, supposed to uh, represent Lebanon. And I was able to be, you know, captivated by the fact that, oh, okay, he shot this on location in Jordan, you know, very, very similar. He kind of caught uh, what it's like to be, you know, in Middle Eastern uh, homes, what that, that culture is like. So for me, I was captivated by that. But if you don't, if you don't really care about that, sometimes you could, you know, it's, as I said, easy to drop. But when you stick with it, it's a really rewarding movie to kind of get to the end, even though the end is like kind of a, a shocking ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I loved how, because Arabic dialects as well, and this is one thing that I really hate about movies that include, let's say, if it's filmed in the Middle East, or and this is obviously, it's 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 a small it's small things, you know, this is something that maybe I would notice uh, in comparison to you. Um, but sometimes when they film stuff in, I can't remember which movie it was, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but they filmed it in like it was supposed to be in an Arab area. I think, yeah, the movie was Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of Arabic dialogue in that movie and it's supposed to be in, uh, I think it was Iraq. Yeah, it was during the Iraq War. No. Yeah. Or was it uh, was it Saddam or Osama Bin Laden Zero Dark Thirty? <laughs> I can't. Zero Dark Thirty was Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of Arabic dialogue and, and stuff like that. And it just didn't fit in with the, the dialect that, you know, they were after and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it, that takes you out of the experience. But with this, it was just, it was just spot on. It was just like, I felt like I was back home. There was that particular scene where she goes into the house, as I said. And um, if you're a foreigner, if you're a white person, you go into kind of a foreign house. Everyone's like, you know, whispering, trying to, everything's, everybody's intrigued, you know, you don't see, we don't really see white people or foreigners. It, and, and that's, back in those days come over and you know so people are whispering and and he caught that like with with perfection and when i see detail like that in movies i love it for me i if, if i'm reviewing a movie it, it gets it gets extra scores because 
that's the director going out the way. It's so easy. Oh, Homeland as a TV show, for example, that hops and jumps to like different regions of the Middle East, right? But not mm-hmm. once, not once it captivates the true area it's in, the dialect. It was absolutely awful. So it would have, they would just take some generic Arab guy or, or something from Egypt. And the dialect in Egypt is different to the dialect in the Middle East. And that takes out the experience. So credit to Dennis or Denise for um, capturing this. And for me, that that's the thing that made me kind of, you know, pay more attention to the movie. It's just, it just the, the tension, the tension of the Middle East in, in, in those particular scenes, you can feel it through, through the screen, mm-hmm. read through the, the audio, the soundtrack, uh, the, the shots, the location, it's it was yeah it was incredible it was it is my favorite movie cover I picked so far I have to say so and obviously as you said like Memento nobody knew all these older movies like Memento and you got Insomnia I would say uh, even the Prestige because that was like really really old uh, nobody really cared about those movies until you know the Dark Knight came out and people would go back and go oh, okay this guy's pretty good and I think this is the same thing with this movie where. If we went on a Villeneuve um, kind of uh, movie watch and just, you know, getting hyped for doing I don't think we would have watched this movie. Not once. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, probably not. So for me, that, that's in Cindy's wrapped up in, in a chat. It's just very, very captivating. Puts you, it's it's an uneasy watch. It really puts you in, in, in the shoes of, you know, these people, the people that are getting killed left, right and center. And just kind of the whole... Uh, event uh, that's happening so i, I absolutely yeah. love this great great first feature film by a director like and yeah. like after this like he, he he got that blank check from hollywood it's like all right like you made a great film you can make whatever you want next and yeah you made a really good film next with uh prisoners yep. uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about this because i know you recently we were recently recently discussing discussing yeah. this in the, in, in the DMs, and I recently rewatched this actually. So yeah, I did watch this one because remember in the in the last podcast I said I wasn't sure if I've seen this before, but I have seen it. I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on this movie? Because what this a is great a, film! Yeah, yeah, what a great this film! Is a tough watch. Yeah, it's like it's 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 definitely a tough watch because it's about you know child abduction and like mm. you know like people like people going like insane trying to find yep. the kids basically but um you know this this film is like this shows like how how like masterful of a director denise is because like mm-hmm. his first film it's like kind of like like a slow pace like trying to find like it's kind of like a mystery but this one yes it's more like your david fincher like uh i would say like seven or like yes yes something yes. like like go the dragon tattoo you haven't seen mm-hmm. that but it's like you know they're, they're trying to solve mystery people like you really see like the worst in humanity yes. like like even though you, like some of the characters are like justified for what they're doing like they like go like they go they go overboard like especially like um hugh jackman's character like oh yes yeah. he's amazing in this movie like how how do you not win an oscar yeah how do you not win an oscar he got nominated for the musical he did but this film he should have been nominated like when he's interrogating paul paul dano's character yes. and he's like where's my daughter where's yes. my daughter that i was like damn that scene was quite intense yeah damn yeah and like even uh tans howard he's like crying and i i believe like okay yeah. he's crying because he's so intense right now like and you can see that scene with terrence just in the background just when he had to hold uh paul dano's character up yeah. like he was shocked you can see it and it <laughs> 
yeah, you're you're spot on with what you're saying. For it's it's such it's a tough watch. As if if you're a father, I think you'll find this quite hard to watch. Oh, yeah. I think it's every father's fear of you know something happening. But you're right, Hugh Jackman's performance. First of all, don't know how he didn't win an Oscar. Jake Gyllenhaal in this is amazing. Paul Dana, Paul Dana's character. Why is his name I, Detective Loki though? That was kind of weird. Yeah, no idea. Why, and why is Paul Dana's character named Alex Jones? I Alex was like, Jones. This is weird, but yeah. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're right, and it's this sort of movie where yes, it's 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 actually a long watch. It's a two hour fame fame three minutes yep. long, but it's not about you know. It's trying to tell a story. This is a, a I would say, dark movie. As you said, something that you've probably seen David Fincher's uh, resume, essentially. But it's there to tell a story, a dark story. It's there to, you know, throw you off a few times because you feel like, oh, did, like, for example, that scene in, uh, in, the car, in the car park where Paul Dana's character says um, something about the girls and then Hugh Jackman just goes mental. Mm-hmm. Um, so that scene, and then you've got... Um, polka dot man's uh, character <laughs> his character and that's like a red in it yeah he was good in it he's always he was... good at playing like weird weird people. characters yeah he's in the yeah. dark like and he's weird in that one mm-hmm. so he's got so those there's red herrings here and there and it's trying to throw you off the scent you believe one thing and i have like i can remember how it ended initially it's been quite some time so since i watched it. i think this is only the second time i've ever seen this actually so I was like, how did this end? And the twist as well, it it works. You know, you yeah, kind of go, ah, okay. And it was just, it's just a weird movie. It's a heartbreaking movie. It's quite sad. But this is a movie where, you know, you do get a bit of joy at the end. and It's bittersweet. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you feel like it's going to leave you on one of those, you know, endings that like Nolan loves to do. Uh, but this as well, cinematography wise, oh my God, I think for me, my favorite shot in this movie was when, and I don't know if it, should we talk spoilers? Is that okay? Yeah, come on. This yeah. movie's been out for yeah. eight years. When Jake Ginhall's character finds the daughter, mm-hmm. but he's he's been shot, she's been drugged, and he's he's rushing to the hospital, and then you've got the rain on the windshield, and he can't see because he's got blood coming down his eye. Uh, the rain on the windshield, and you've got you know just the lights on the outside in the dark. And you just see so the, you know, the rain moving away from, from, from the windshield. Oh, my God. That scene. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And that scene, I felt tense. You know, mm-hmm. And that's where Villeneuve, I think, strives. I think that's where he's at his peak, where he puts you in the seat of, of the actor. And, you, and you, you can't help but feel you know tense. And I tensed up in that movie. I think the whole movie, you feel quite tense. Yeah. Um, it's two and, and a half hours, but it doesn't feel like it because it it's doesn't so feel like it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. And you think you see Hugh Jackman's character, and you put yourself in his shoes, and you go, "Yeah, I would do that. I want answers. Like, if my daughter goes missing, if your daughter mm-hmm. goes missing, anybody's daughter go, goes missing, you want answers, don't you? You do what you can to, you know, get the answers you want. You want to find your daughter, and it was, yeah, it was." Like you see him beat beat him up, okay? And this is what I love about it. They just give you a glimpse. You see him beat Paul Dano's character character up, and then you never see Paul Dano again until you know they take him out of the out of the shot. His face is just all Yeah, you like, kind of feel what? bad for him at the end. You do feel bad for him, you know. You do feel bad for him, and but then you remember why he's in there and you go, okay, fair enough. And that's the you know, the juxtaposition between 
feeling good or feeling bad you know do you feel sorry for him you, it's the villain versus you know the, the good guy it's it it's a roller coaster of emotion and i i i think hugh jackman's character obviously i think him and jake and i think they you know they complemented each other really really well in this movie i think jake jake and for me is one that's one of the best actors i i've always oh, yeah. said he's, this he's up there yeah he's he, he on Oscar? let me check i don't think he i think he does i think really? he i don't know if he got nah, he's only been nominated he's like, oh that's a shame because he's there was a scene in there where he was really crazy and his hair fell down. I know we're not talking about this more about the director of this movie, but he put a bit of, I keep saying this, put a bit of Joker makeup on there and boom, you got the Joker. But uh, yeah, this movie, I think it it truly captivates what it feels like to, to lose something mm-hmm. uh, and what it feels like, you know, to want answers. I think watching this, I felt like if I was in that position, it's just like the longer you wait for answers and the less answers or less news you hear, the more you feel like the walls are closing in on you sort of thing. And it and that's where, you know, that the unrest, you know, feeling of uh, unrest settles in. Uh, but yeah, great movie. The twist at the end also, I loved it. And it hits you when, when they found uh, Terrence Howard's daughter and they, yeah. and they said that that flew over my head the first time. I never noticed that the first watch. You know, this this being my second watch, I noticed it. And it's such it's such it's such an easy you know giveaway. But uh, they said uh, what what she say? She said uh, you were there, and I was like, what? I thought she was like seeing things or hallucinating, and then I mm-hmm. realized he was just at that lady's house before he came here. And uh, she must have been able to hear him through the basement or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was like, that lady. I was like, poor Dana, you son of a bitch. It was actually you. <laughs> but another great twist. I think the cinematography was awesome. I don't know who the... Roger uh, Deakins did it again. Yeah, there you go. I think he's just so good, isn't he? He's the goat. Yeah, of, of he, he is the goat. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got a, a really good cast with Paul Dana. I tell you what, watching Paul Dana being kind of weird it made me look kind of excited for his Viddler character yeah, he's, gonna, I think it, he's gonna he's gonna kill her as well yeah i think he's a great actor um and then you had terence howard in here you had uh Viola davis uh jay gunahal and hugh jackman i think it was a great cast and it and you know what i think Dennis Villeneuve complimented this movie by just having a, a a narrative that really sucks you in and makes you once again feel scared what would you do in that it basically asks you what would you do this is two movies now back to back where in Cindy's when you're on the bus what would you do in this position what would you do so he's asking you those questions and and that's what I love about movies it's not just you know you go watch a movie enjoy the movie and, and done yeah some movies do that well but some movies you know ask questions they put pressure on you to you know mm-hmm. try and solve the mystery yourself and that's like two movies now where it's a puzzle. One's a puzzle, one's a mystery. Who did it? And yeah, so f- fantastic. And I think I, I I was never on the Villeneuve hype train from, from the start, but going Neither back and watching, I. yeah, going back and watching these movies, you you only wish that you'd seen them the first time around when they first came out because they're just like there's something else. But I'm glad we could appreciate them now for what they are because they're just incredible. Yep. Uh, Enemy, yeah, another feature I film. S- I watched this two hours ago. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't expect I would like this movie, but I like this movie a lot. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I know this movie is like really polarizing and I yes. know like why because it's like super it's like super confusing and like super like up for your interpretation. Yeah. Like I, I really fucking like this movie. It's it, a it weird movie be, though, yeah. It's strange. Yeah, it's it's strange movie, but I, I agree. It's a movie where I think it, as I said, it reminds me of Nocturnal Animals for a start, because that was a weird movie. But I think this is slightly weirder, if that's a word, I think it is. Um but I think I think you're right. I think it's a movie that, you know, you interpret how you feel like the movie's being played out. Mm-hmm. This guy's seen his is so for me, I thinking about this movie, I never really thought that the movie was actually happening in real life, but more of no, a, no, no, it's it's totally happening in his head. Yeah. That's my that at least that's my theory of it. Yeah, that exactly. That's my theory of it. Like this is all in his head that maybe he's I don't know whether he's on on drugs or he's bored or whatever. He's, he's probably he probably has like a a split personality disorder. Yes, and like yes. Both both identities are like fighting for like yes. supremacy of the mind. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. And Jake Gyllenhaal like really carries this movie. Like I fucking love his performance in this movie. Like the way he plays two characters that are so similar yet so mm-hmm. different. Yep. It's so subtle, but like, like he's like I watched an interview with them with him and De- Denise, and they're yeah. like, he wanted like the wardrobe. He wanted one of them to wear like loose fitting clothes, and the yes. other one to wear like tighter fitting clothes. Like one mm-hmm. is more like I would say one's more like like kinder, and the other yeah. one's like rougher, oh, a bit more you know, rougher, aggressive. Like, more, yeah, yeah, bit more edgy. Like yeah, like he's he's killing this movie. Like I. I I I love this movie. This movie it's, is sick. It's as, as as I said. It's it, it took me by surprise. It mm-hmm. I felt when I watched it. I think I dropped your message and I said to you. I think this is his weakest movie, and I felt that at the time that it was his weakest movie, and that was with the intention of okay, it's a bad movie, but it's a movie that sits in your head and you go okay. It's when you think of. When you read the synopsis, it's so basic. It's a man seeks out his exact lookalike after spotting him in a movie. And that's such a basic synopsis. That's such a basic movie narrative. And as you said, it's up for your interpretation of what the movie's about. And I think Villeneuve is clever enough that he knows if pe- people like us will interpret the movie the way you know we've seen it. It's not just a, a basic movie. And thinking about it and now discussing it with you, it's such a great movie because I, as I said, I think this is all in his head. I think this is a, this bipolar personality or split personality or yeah. whatever, trying to fight him for, you know, supremacy. It's like the Jekyll and Hyde syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this nice guy. Uh, he's, he's living a double life, essentially. You know, he's got a wife on this side, someone on this side. He's, a, he, he's just, it's just a fight inside him. It's yeah. It's just such a crazy movie, and as you said, I think this this movie would have suffered if it didn't, you know, have uh, Jake as 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 the main actor. It's, yeah, definitely. He's he's he, as I said, he's such a good character actor. So <laughs> he re, if it wasn't for him, I would have been bought into the movie. I, I as you said, having one uh, wardrobe as because. Obviously, you you could tell you know he dresses smart as a teacher and stuff like that. And you got that one that's edgy, and for me, it dawned that this is 
So I thought it was all normal. I thought this was like a normal movie, you know. Yes, he's seen somebody, but when he meets that guy, okay, and then they have the same kind of marks, I was like, no, no, something is that's impossible. Yeah. So then, then it started dawning on me that you know, this could be in his head or something. No, because no one else sees them at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like whenever they're in public, like the the only time they see each other is like in private. Like in private. Yes. When and, uh, when. Go on when his wife visits him at the school and like he's he, she calls him he mm. goes to disappear then he answers the phone i was like oh this is happening in his head this is happening yeah. in his fucking head yeah. and like the little subtle lines here and there it's like the one his mom is like uh i wish you would stop doing those acting roles or like his wife yes. would be like how is school today and it's like okay this is totally happening in his head mm. this is this is so smart but um i think the one thing that throws everyone off is the spiders in the movie Oh mate, and that was a jump scare for me. Yeah, like dude, I, that scared the shit out of me. I yeah, was like, what the fuck? Yeah. If, anyways, but what he basically said is like when someone asked him like, "What's the point of the spiders?" He basically said the like the Will Ferrell line from Blades Glory. It's like, uh, it's provocative. It gets the people. Going. It gets the people going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, you're such a troll. Like he he literally said like the spiders are just something that you wanted to like provoked the audience with and i was like oh you bastard it definitely provoked me it did and 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 it's like i don't like spiders but having that and i'm watching that night and having that big spider just like you don't expect it to be there in the in the corner when he turns the corner you're like oh shit that literally made me jump so yeah it's the performance by the cast is incredible the movie is incredible it's i it it teases your brain doesn't it it's it kind of it really makes you think yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's what genre is this? Like, I felt like it was a thriller at times. I felt like it was a. I would yeah. say it's like a character study. Yeah, but this is also one of those movies where it gives you the sense of you know a David uh, Fincher movie kind mm-hmm. of sort of vibe. Like Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly like Fight, Fight Club. To be honest with you, you don't. And then, as you said, the the narrator in this movie he's so unreliable you just don't know mm-hmm. what's true what's what isn't but i think this movie is a movie that you know requires multiple viewings and this is the first time i think in his lineup we've only had prisoners and incendies prisoners you could probably watch the second time to see the clues that you've missed but it's pretty straightforward i think enemy is probably the first movie in his lineup and possibly the first movie the only movie in his entire filmography where you need multiple viewings to actually understand this kind of brain you know teasing mind-bending kind of thriller that he's he's put on you and it's it's chaotic it it really is yeah it's chaotic it's actually uneasy at times once again it it seems to be a running trend with him you do need to watch this with attention and you need to kind of just try and figure out by yourself what you've just watched it's at times it feels complicated at times it feels really really simple but as you said, it's kind of open for interpretation. And I feel like we've kind of hit the nail on the head and we're kind of quite close in terms of thinking that, you know, one, it's a character study and two, it's more of a him fighting his own demons and him trying to, you know, he might just be leading a double life and it's just, yeah, it's it's all crazy. It's all all crazy. So it's, it's a remarkable movie. Once sitting on it after a while and... I think watching Incendies and the movies before, I was so high on those that when I watched Enemy, I felt, you know, kind of underwhelmed. But 
Enemy for me reminds me of Nolan's first movies, um, uh, following. Yeah, and that movie requires obviously it's done in a different different manner. That's that one is kind of with flashbacks and flash. Uh, yeah, well, this one is kind of more linear, but this one's more of a, a you know it's remarkable. It's, it's it, it has, there's an air of mystery behind it, and it's provoking. It's like that one is like it's very very simple to watch this one is for me this feels like this was his first movie but then when you when you watch it again and understand the movie you go okay you know what Villeneuve as a director is trying something different and he's he's aged well as a director and he's put something new on the table and yeah this, this is the movie, movie you get yeah I would say my one gripe of the movie was like I didn't like the like the the filter yes yeah. yes it's like yeah. it was like orangey yellow I was like yes. this is so ugly to look at like Come yes on, bro. like yes like to- i think totally the agree. movie was shot i think the movie was shot in toronto like i never want to go to toronto because of that film if that's yeah. how toronto looks no thanks. i don't <laughs> I, I don't want to go i, I don't want to go this movie yeah but I, I i think you're right this movie like some people will say you know you know you, you get movies that try to be smart mm-hmm. and then are not smart and then you know you just get called out this movie I don't think it's trying to be smart, but it is a smart movie if you pay attention to it. And I think, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's up there. It's, as you said, there's no, there's no message. Mm-hmm. Next one up. Uh, I'll start with this one because I'll be honest with you. Everywhere I went and every discussion we had in the group and every discussion I had with like friends or just, you know, just on Instagram, one movie that popped up all the time was Sicario. And I thought, yep. There's no way this movie is as hype. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't suit the hype, you know. It doesn't justify it. But my boy, when I watched this movie, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This movie is incredible. It's sick. It's, it's so really good. Sick. It's so, I think, so good. Yeah, I think when Dennis Denise was making this movie, he's like, okay, so like the movies I make, it's like, they're like deep, thought-provoking, really hard to watch, you know, like really emotional. I'm just going to make a movie that's fucking sick. Yeah, <laughs> this movie it. is sick. Yeah, it literally so, that's what it is. It's not like, yeah, like the shootouts in this movie, like Benicio del Toro's character, like this movie is just sick. Like that's all I can say about that, it. That's what it is. It's a sick movie, and that was my mm-hmm. thought. Like when, when I finished watching, I was like, "Yo, that was fucking fantastic. That was fucking amazing. That was an amazing ride." It's not a movie where you know, as you said before, prior to 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 this release, everything's thought provoking. Everything is trying to solve a puzzle. Everything is you know putting the pieces together everything's flashback everything's deep dark and and gritty this one is just like yeah i'm gonna make a sick movie <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> let's, this, let's this, is, this is like a revenge movie basically yeah. like this this guy wants revenge for a, a drug kingpin that killed his yeah. family and like it's it's weird because it's not told through his his perspective it's told yeah. through emily blunt's perspective, emily blunt's perspective. yeah and, and yeah you don't see a lot of movies do that yeah and I feel like that's why this movie worked essentially. Mm-hmm. If this movie could have been generic, if you saw it through the eyes of uh, Toro, but because it was done through for Emily Blunt and her her struggles as well, don't forget she's she has her own storyline throughout the whole yeah. movie. That's what makes this movie so good. And and the cast, oh, the, the cast, the cast is really good. Like you mm-hmm. had uh, Benicia de Toro, who is incredible, Josh Brolin, uh, Emily Blunt. You know me and Emily Blunt, we go you know a long way. <laughs> Uh, John uh, Bernthal's in here. Yeah, this He's... was when he was up and coming. I would say. I yeah, think was, I think. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think this was right after he did Walking Dead. So he was like, 
he's like kind of a name, but like yeah. this, this is definitely before Punisher. Yeah. And then you had Daniel Kalula. Yeah. This is yeah. when he was pretty unknown too. And then yeah. So you had and don't forget, like you had uh, the other kingpin. Ju- is it Julio Julio Caesar something? He was a good uh, I think he was a kingpin. Yeah, he was good. Uh but you had other casts that you know kind of supplemented the main cast, and I love that about movies where everyone comes in and chips in together to you know pull the movie together. Incredible. And talking about the filter, this filter had that yellow tint, but it fucking worked. Yeah, because because that's this is how like I imagine like Mexico. Like, yeah, I don't imagine Rick, Rick's heads is yeah. hot. <laughs> <laughs> but like the. The scenes in this movie are so sick. Like the border scene when they're like caught in traffic and there's a shootout. Mm. That scene is sick. Yeah. Um. The f- that's my the f- that's my favorite the- scene. Me too. But yeah, the opening shot where they're raiding yeah. the drug house. That scene is sick. The when scene in the like, tunnels. Oh yeah, and they're going like full night vision, zero dark yeah. thirty, like, and like it's like the movie's like, it's not like your typical action movie where like, mm-hmm. like the the protagonist has like plot armor and he's just yes. like going down people left and right it's like emily blunt probably kills like two people in this movie probably. yes yes i mean Benicio del toro is like john wick in this movie but you believe it like you yeah. believe he's like you know like a super he's like, look, he's, he, yeah he's out for revenge he's a super assassin yeah, essentially yeah. he's out for revenge he will stop but with uh emily blunt's character you felt like she was fragile you know you mm-hmm. felt like she wasn't in the front line she was always behind you know like a team or something Oh yeah. So you, so you always felt that there's some sort of casualty with her. So yeah, I, I, th- I think you're spot on there. I would say the one thing I have this about this movie is like the subplot with the, like the cop that works for the cartel. Like it keeps like flashing, for towards like scenes with him and his family, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. like what's the point of this? Yeah. And at the end, like he just you know he's just a hostage Benicio del Toro uses to get in the drug yeah. trip, and I was like, did you really need these scenes? But, yeah, yeah, it was kind so, of just a throwaway. But like, I mean, like his Benicio del Toro's character is like he's up there for me. Like when he finally confronts the drug. Oh, board that scene was. And he kills his family in front of him, and it's like that time to scene... meet God, and he fucking shoots him. I was like, this guy's a goat. That this scene, goat. Like, he just sat there, and and I keep saying this. This is a running theme with Villeneuve. You see this in a lot of his movies, where imagine you're sitting there and like you're seeing your family get killed. It it might not need to be a running theme throughout the whole movie because you don't really sense that with Sicario compared mm-hmm. to the you know, Cindy's or Prisoners. But he has this approach where, you know, you're watching a sick movie, you're feeling cool, you're feeling good about yourself. And then he puts you in this position of, of tension. And there's that tension in, in the air where he's just sitting there at, at, the, at the table outside. His family, his kids are there. And then he just does it. And you're like, you're rooting for Del Toro, but you don't at the same time. Like they're just kids. Yeah, they're caught up like, in essentially went too far. Yeah, they're caught up in the crossfire, and it, you feel for them. And and that's that moment that Villeneuve just chucks in. You know, oh, you're having a good time here. Yeah, how about that? But um, so many great scenes, as I said, shots. The highway scene for me was my favorite. Uh, but one scene I really liked was I think it was Del Toro. He just literally point black shoots uh emily blunt yeah and he's like I, don't, I, don't ever point a gun at me yeah i love that <laughs> i love that scene and then the one in the in the in the motel uh that the dialogue between them there was uh was amazing I, mm-hmm. it's it's a great movie it's a nice change of pace 
coming from as you said the, his other movies and uh I, Sicario 2 wasn't done by him so no, I, I've I haven't never seen it I've never bothered watching that to be honest with you uh, just, I've, I've just always avoided that um but yeah another another hit on that and then we come up to Arrival well yep. we arrived to Arrival <laughs> uh that was such a shit segue apologies uh I rewatched this yesterday uh what a movie. What a great movie. I fucking love this movie. This movie I, w- is... I watched it for the first time yesterday and it's ah, fantastic. Okay. Seeing as it's your first time here, tell mm-hmm. me. Tell me. Uh, How did you feel? I literally like my mind was blown. Like yeah. the, the way like they portray like how you know how like the aliens and how later like Amy Adams' character like views time. Mm-hmm. I'm like and like like and they describe it so well in the movie. It's like their language doesn't have like a a beginning and an end it just yeah. has like they write it at the same time it's like writing it's like writing a sentence where you're writing from the beginning and the end at the same time i'm like oh my god this is so good and like basically like she views her life like how dr manhattan views his life yes yes he's he sees she sees all parts of her life at the same time so she sees and like the movie's so structured so well it's like at the beginning it shows like her daughter like dying of cancer and you think mm-hmm. like okay so this is this is what ha- this is this is happening before the movie yes but that's actually happening after the movie like yeah oh like like everything and like she keeps having like all these scenes flash in her head mm-hmm. like it's 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 so good it's the so manipulation good. of well i wouldn't say manipulation of time but like as you said how dr manhattan does it sees everything and that scene where she did know the 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 number for the the Chinese yeah, the, general. Yeah, that scene so good. That oh scene was goodness. incredible. Where she's like, oh I, but I don't know your number. And she's just standing there, and he said, "Oh, if it wasn't for what you told me, I think he's like, but what did I tell you?" And then she was going through all that while she's in the in like in in the current times, and it's just mm-hmm. so good. It's it's a well structured. These movies are so easy, and this is what I was saying uh, regarding Enemy, where movies try to be clever but they don't pull it off and they end up, you know, just being pretentious and patronizing and jarring to watch. This is a complete opposite. This is a clever movie. Yeah. And this is a movie where you really need to pay attention. And I love movies like that, where, you know, you actually do have to be fully invested in, in the movie. I know this is something that Tarantino loves. This is something that Nolan's a big fan of. They don't like giving you all the answers straight away, but they want to see your investment into the movie. You're sitting there, you're paying attention and you get rewarded at the end. And, as you said, the beginning of the movie, you think, oh, you know, she's going through hard time. Her daughter mm-hmm. died for cancer and stuff like that. But that's actually somewhere down in the future. And you're like, oh, holy shit. And then you feel sorry for her because she has that joy of, you know, oh, she's going to have a kid. And you, you get over you get over the sense of, oh, you know, oh, you felt upset for her at the beginning because you thought her kid died. But then that joy is short-lived because, you know, her kid's going to die. And yeah. it's quite... It's it's she, such she yeah. knows it too. It's like what's it. the point of what's the point of having a kid if I know she's gonna die young? It's like ooh. it's like it's like would you want to know your future? Like would you still want to live your life if you knew how everything yeah. ends? And it's like you know it's 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 really good. And it's like one of those movies where it's a lot like Tenet in a way yeah. where cause doesn't equal effect. Mm-hmm. It's like there is no cause and effect. Like mm. cause you know like her getting the Chinese general's number happened because uh, my brain's like 
vast. <laughs> it is. It's it's such yeah, a, it is. Yeah, it's no it's cause and effect. A, it just yeah. is. It's it's such a complex movie, but it doesn't try to be. Look, it's a clever movie, but it, as I say, it doesn't patronize you with the fact that you know. It's it's not rocket science. Once you get, understand the main concept of the movie, you're like, cool. You just you flow with with the movie. You flow with the flow of the movie, essentially. And it's it's just done in such a manner where you know there's not one point in this movie meal where I felt like, oh, this is boring. Mm-hmm. Everything felt like a purpose. And when they're trying to like you know decrypt the dialogue or the you know the language of of these aliens, I was like, this is this is really interesting. Yeah, like, I really. I really cared about that. I was really invested. Like, you know, movies do it where you have a cut in between. You're like, oh, this is boring. But everything in this movie felt a part of the overarching narrative. We're going to get somewhere. But to get there, I'm going to take you on a journey. And I want you to focus on this. I want you to focus on that. And it was just, it was so, it was so good. And Jeremy Renner is actually quite decent in this. Like, yeah, I'm not, he was actually, he's actually yeah. not an asshole in this movie. I think this is, I think this is his best performance, to be honest with you. I don't really. No, come on. He was great in the whole locker. Oh, shit. I forgot about that movie. My bad, man. That, that's a bad take. He was incredible in her locker. <laughs> Amy Adams is, is an incredible uh, yeah. actress. She's yeah. so good. She's she... so, so good. <laughs> I don't really like it that much outside of this movie. Listen, but I think she's really good. I did not like her, <laughs> Man of Steel. Like she really put me off. But then Listen. after Man of Steel, I started mm-hmm. seeing a lot of her in other movies. She's a good actress. Oh my god! She's like, because she's like doing dumb stuff in those movies. Like she's getting yeah. kidnapped by ISIS and throwing away, <laughs> throwing yeah. away the spear, only to like try to get the spear again and almost drowning. Like, what are yeah. you doing, Amy Adams? I'll be honest. This movie did take me by surprise when I first watched it. I thought, you know, it's. You know, it's gonna be one of those typical aliens movie and stuff like that. But when he came, it it's a weird. I wouldn't say it's a weird plot. I think I felt like this was a refreshing. Yeah, plot it was because because most alien like movies, it's like you know automatically it's like invasion. But this one, it's like the aliens are actually you know they they're here to help. They're here to help. Yeah, exactly. And I love the fact that there was some amazing shots once again. I think my ah, uh, there's. There's so many, I think for me, when you see the aliens a bit more up close, that was great. Yeah, yeah they look like the the Leviathans from Mass Effect. Yes. Which is yes. kind of cool. Yeah. But I think my favorite shot for this movie, I was quite a few me, but I think the one that I really, really liked was, you know, when they first um ascending to the to the ship and then yeah. the gravity changes mm-hmm. and then they look that, back and then you've got the top. Yeah. That that seems sick. That scene, that scene was was so so good, but um, this movie did blow me away. I'll, I'll be honest with you; it took me by surprise. It's it's intelligent. It like it's a masterpiece. Uh, there's, there's no there's no doubt about it. I thought like it was I I couldn't find a single weakness in this movie. I thought the narrative was excellent. I thought all the other casts were excellent. I thought. You know the 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 scene, the fact that there was not a lot of CGI, the fact that it was a refreshing take on on aliens. I I love the fact that the aliens had some sort of well humanity to them. You know yep. they they were trying to help essentially. Um, I loved all that, and this sci-fi movie it has to be one of the best sci-fi movies to be honest with you. It's, oh, for sure, in like yeah. the past decade, for sure. Yeah, ex- exactly, and it's it's. It's thought provoking, so it does teach you certain lessons in life. 
great movie great 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 movie like well that's the thing when you we'll come we'll talk about towards the end but when you line these up with other movies like at times i felt prisoners was a masterpiece at times i felt incendies was a masterpiece it i think that's a sign of a uh, an amazing director where you can't really make your mind up and just you know like when i first watched this i was like okay when i first saw it i was like yeah this movie's not gonna be great but and this was before I even knew who Villeneuve was, so I couldn't run an agenda or couldn't be biased or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I did not. What well, I think it was the fact that I didn't like Amy Adams. I'll be honest with you. That was no, like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the general knife. Okay, wait. I don't want to <laughs> say this, but okay, like in the DCEU, like I don't I don't want to put it in the same category as uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Like, would, would Superman really go evil if she died? Like, come on, Superman. You, uh, you can do better. You can do better, Superman. Yeah, Superman can, can do, do better, better, but she's not on Mag- Maggie's... Uh, no, 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 I don't want to disrespect yeah. her that much. <laughs> Maggie's uh, level. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyways. Yeah, so that's... And then finally, we got Blade Runner yep. 2049. Visual, visual masterpiece, yeah. Like, this, like, this I, I've, yeah, I've said gone. this a few times, but... Yeah. This is this is the best mo- looking movie. Like personally, like I think this is the best looking movie ever. Like the like the blend of like CGI and mm-hmm. like practical effects and like the world. Like if like if there was like a cyberpunk feature, like this is how I want, it's gonna I, I, I want this yeah. to yeah, I want it to this look is like how this. It's gonna look. It looks so good. This movie looks so good. Like it's in, it's art. In the last decade, I would have to agree with you. I have not seen a more vi- visually compelling movie than uh, Blade Runner. I really mm-hmm. haven't. I, I can't. There were so many great shots. And I said this to you once when we talked about it in one of the podcast episodes. This is a movie in architecture school where they, they go on about it. They tell you to watch it. They tell you to you know understand certain lighting conditions. And I, I never understood that until I finally watched it. I was like, wow. That scene with the... We had to go to the to the center to pick up something and there's just a, it's just a room with the lighting coming through that was yep. amazing this the scene with the the gunfight in uh uh harrison ford uh, rick victor Hood's, uh apartment amazing with the sand and, and built um silhouette in the distance that was amazing when he first goes there with his car incredible scene the scene with uh the light from uh um the, uh what's her name anna de armas uh oh, yeah her, yeah her, joy uh, Joy, yeah, yeah Joy, Joy's, Joy's, yeah, J O I, J O I, yep. Her lighting on on a battered and bruised uh, Ryan Gosling's character mm, that was beautiful shot, beautiful. The shot on the roof with the 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 blue and red light in the background, and he's just talking to to that girl. There's so many great shots. Even Jared Leto's character looked cool. Even his scenery looked cool. And I hate Jared Leto. <laughs> and this made this movie made me go, oh, Jared Leto is pretty cool in this movie. Um, but it was just besides the the cinematography and the sh- and the shots because you know we've seen that as a running theme with Villeneuve. He does no wrong, especially if you've got um oh, I forgot I blanked on his name. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe I blanked on his name. Especially when you're working with him, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I said I felt like this was better than the the original, the first one. I, I don't know what it was about. I don't don't get me wrong. The first one has aged extremely well for a movie mm-hmm. with that's heavy on CGI. 
it doesn't you don't necessarily feel like you know i'm watching a movie that's for example when you compare it to the matrix the matrix was awful it has well, not the movie the cgi before before <laughs> before, before we get cancelled um the matrix hasn't aged well in terms of cgi effects like when you see the scene in the, in the playground with the stick that looks awful that looks like playstation 2 graphics but this the original blade runner aged perfectly well and this just i thought just took it to another level and i felt like the story here was quite i don't know i felt more compelled to you know pay attention i thought it was, it was an easier watch i don't know because it because it's like kind of you know contemporary this film's like, you know, it came out in 2017 compared to the original. But there was something about this where I just enjoyed it. I, I couldn't put my head to it. It's, it. I think it was because of how stunning it looked. I thought the narrative made sense. Movies, I, th- I thought Villeneuve did a good job, especially with movies that, you know, do so well initially. And then you're tasked to bring out a sequel so many years down the line for you know the audience that have you know were raised with the original blade runner yeah. that's a heavy weight on your shoulder you know mm-hmm. imagine having to let's say sequel reboot whatever the case may be it's and and I think he did an incredible job and I I think I feel like this is a movie where you know you you can either you can argue whether this is the best one or the 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 first one is. I I thought this one, man. I I I really enjoyed my time with this. I thought the first one was slow, lethargic at times, quite a dense watch. But with this, I thought like for a movie that's what nearly two and a half hours long, three hours, I think. Two, yeah, two forty four. Two forty four. If you watch, didn't feel like it either. I thought it, you know, did, yeah, it exactly. Did, it felt more like two for me. Like it, it exactly. like when the final fight happened, I was like, oh, this is the ending. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be yeah, exactly. It's it, it, it's a great uh, journey, and and that's it's a two two hours forty four minutes. If you just watch a normal cut, if you're watching the kind of extended, it extends it by about another ten minutes. So all in all, it's like nearly a three hour movie, but it's done so well that by the time you get kind of towards the final fight, you're like, oh, this is happening now. Oh, okay, and you just you lose yourself. And I love movies like that, and. Obviously, with the cast casting choice, I thought Ryan Gosling was perfect. I'm not the biggest Ryan Gosling fan. I've, I think he's really, really kind of one-dimensional. But the fact that he's one-dimensional worked perfectly well for this movie. And uh, overall, I, I, like sitting here now talking about the other movies, comparing to talking about this movie, I'm 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 all over the place in terms of my emotions for that movie. Like if I, if you got me on a cold winter day, me just wrapped up at home watching Blade Runner, I think I'll be like, this is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. If you got me on days where you know I want to, I want to watch something sick. Essentially, obviously, Sicario is a masterpiece. There's so many feelings with every single movie, and I think with Blade Runner, when I watched it at that time, I was like, "This is incredible." I said, "This is a masterpiece." I can't believe I've never watched it. I don't, I never believed the hype behind these movies. Uh, I was, I was blown away. But then I watched Incendies. I watched all other movies. I rewatched some. I was like, "Yeah, I'm all up in the place." Um, your thoughts on this movie before we talk about trying to compose a list or, or rank ranking list of our movies? Yeah, so so for this movie, I, I've thought about it a lot in in that like I think most of Dennis Denise's twist work really well, but mm-hmm. I, I think I was kind of disappointed by when Ryan Gosling finds out he's not like the chosen one, like when yes. he's not Harrison Ford's son, like. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of disappointed because like 
the whole movie it's like foreshadowing that like he is like the special replicant that was yes. born from a replicant and you know and the end he just finds out he's just like it's just like kind of like a pawn yeah like he's but, just being used by both sides but would you not say that's kind of what makes this movie i'm not agreeing disagreeing i'm just pointing a four out there but would you not say this is what makes this movie great because it doesn't lead you down the you know the typical route but it, it's more of a, a red herring it's more of a oh yeah it's like for- it is pretty sub sub yeah subversive in that yeah. you know like it doesn't go down the same route as like you know you you have to uh, like it's your it's like you have to be the chosen one to make an impact for him yeah. it's like you know he's just like a regular replicant yeah and, and, he, and he does make like a really huge impact yeah yeah exactly and he's not the one he's not let's say neo for example he's not he's not no, the chosen no. one but he still had it in his heart to you know make a great impact fulfill the mission do what was required and i thought that was i thought that was great and there was there was hints you know like um you know when he when he shows a bit of emotions and stuff like that, I was like, oh, remember the scene with um, the lady in the office and and stuff like that, yeah. I, like, look, some people I think say it lacked some depth to it. It lacked, you know, emotion to it. It's I don't know. I've it's hard for me to judge on this movie because the first one isn't. I wouldn't say it's not highly like you know regarded in my books, but it's taken me a while to watch it, you know, and I, I might not appreciate it as much as I would have if I've watched it sooner. So I don't know how I would feel, you know, coming off that hype. Like, for example, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Obviously, those are movies that I can compare because you're living off hype for a movie, right? Or mm-hmm. The Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. You're you're so hyped for a movie that you look forward to uh, a, a potential sequel or whatever to, to, you know, answer further questions. And, that doesn't come for a while and then the movie comes and then some people get left disappointed so for example with the Dark Knight Rises people felt like that was an underwhelming movie and I feel like talking to certain people they felt this movie was underwhelming but I feel like in the defense of this movie I felt like Villeneuve had so much to do it's it's hard to make everybody happy is what I'm trying to say uh, but I think he did did a great job. I think he yeah, kept he the true wonders. yeah. I think he kept the true essence of what the Blade Runner universe uh, atmosphere should feel like, and I think he captivated that uh, perfect. I think you could say hit and miss maybe with the story. I thought the story was really really great. I found it a bit more. The thing is, I wouldn't say a bit more compelling because I really love Harrison Ford as a as an actor. He's uh, yeah, and his character in the first one, I was just. But I felt like this one. Maybe I was more compelled to continue. Because that's the thing. I think Dennis, well, Denise ran with the fact that we were looking for answers in the first one. And I think he ran with that in the second one where, you know, he led us on this goose chase to figure whether Deckard was, you know, a replicant or not. And then he puts us on this goose chase to see if um, Ryan Gosling's character is the one. But I think that all works well. I think because it satisfies the story at the end. It's not one of those movies where you get led on the on, on, on this goose chase and then at the end, nothing happens and you feel so underwhelmed. You're like, oh, was that it? But with this, if you really think about it, it's the fact that, okay, he wasn't necessarily the one, but he was still able to have a voice, still able to, to create an impact. And maybe that's the moral of the story. You don't have to be great 
to do anything because you're not born with greatness. Greatness comes and maybe it's just about, you know, putting your heart and soul into it. And and that's what I took from the movie. And I feel like, I feel like that's why I just, I really, really enjoyed this movie. This movie is really, uh, this movie is not like, you know, one of those movies where if you talk about the Dana, everyone's like, yeah, masterpiece, boom. This movie is always, it's always up for debate, you know. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's my thought on on, on Blade Runner actually. So, um, for f- you ready to rank these? Me, I, I tell you, I'm struggling. I'm struggling yeah, me too because because we're gonna have to put one of these at six. And like, I I really like all these movies. We're like putting putting whatever movie at six, it would be doing injustice. To yes, like, yes. It's like don't get it wrong. Just because you ranked last doesn't yeah. mean you're not like a really good movie. And that's. Well, that's that's the point I was trying to make at the at the beginning of the of the episode. Where when you look at Nolan's movies, you go, okay, cool, Insomnia, following bottom movies, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, you could easily put what the you know bottom movies are, but with this, it's really really hard. I don't feel like it's it's an injust injustice to put let's say at one point when I was going through them, I'll be honest with you, at one point I had Sicario at the bottom. I was like, but this is not a bottom movie and then at one point I had enemy at the bottom and at one point I had arrival really like low down I was like what do I do so I'll I'll try and go through them I think for number six for me Mio it's so hard I'm just gonna go with enemy <laughs> I'm just gonna go with enemy for number six okay. but I feel that's such a shame to put enemy at number six just because it's such a it's a movie you have to kind of interpret yourself yeah and it's a clever movie without shouting and making a song and dance about it there's no massive fireworks about it it's just like yeah this is a clever movie but you know what find your own way and uh yeah it's 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 a shame this will be six because it's not a bad movie it really isn't don't think of it as like the worst villain movie think of it as the sixth best villain yeah exactly so enemy is number six for me mio Yep. Uh, you? Uh, we'll take six. it. We'll take it turns because I need time okay, to. Okay. I need time because <laughs> unlike unlike other lists, there were really mm. these. This one I haven't scripted it. I haven't put it down on notes. I don't know. I'm going as we we discuss it. Um. So at this moment, yeah, I would say uh, I'm gonna hate myself for doing that. I'm like th- like a week from now, I'll be like, what the hell were you thinking? I'll probably say. I'll probably say. Fizzness Essex. Oh. And like, I, I really like Fizzness too. I really like Fizzness. I really like Fizzness. Oh. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, probably Fizzness Six. Oh, okay. Deep breath. At What's number five. five. Bro, I am struggling. I'll tell you that now. Mia, this is the <laughs> hardest thing I've ever had to put together. <laughs> Fuck. I am going to go. Sicario. Okay. At uh, five. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't get me wrong, an absolute incredible movie. I love everything about it. It's a sick movie. Yeah, five. Oh my god. I'm okay. gonna, I, just, I think I'm gonna hate myself. Rick's gonna hate us because I'll probably put Sicario at five too. Oh wow. Rick's gonna yeah. be hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh right. four. four for me. It's gonna be Blade Runner. Mm. it's gonna be Blade Runner and I've, <laughs> and I've just talked that movie up it's so hard 
It's so hard. This is what I was saying. You could catch us on on another day in another conversation with other people and our lists. I don't think. I think this is a little way. It's not. There's no outright number one or number two or number three, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. They're so close. They're so close. But I think I'm gonna have to go with Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah, it's number four. Oh, I'll probably go Blade Runner four too. Uh, number three for me is gonna have to be. Ah oh, fuck! And I said this was my. I said this the other week. This is probably my favorite movie. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Incendies as number three. Damn, I, I look uh, like, uh, looking the same right now. Incendies uh, for me too, three. Uh, Damn, I didn't no, know Enemy would be this high for you. Uh, wait, I said Enemy. Enemy was bottom. You said you said. Oh yeah, you did say it. Yeah. Wait, did uh, you say? I said okay, Enemy yeah, was number six. six. Yeah. Okay, enemy so, was six. So two is Prisoners for you. No. Two is Arrival. Oh, oh. Two Damn, is Arrival for me. Yeah, your, your answer changed overnight, huh? Yeah, I like watching Prisoners again and and, and Arrival. I, yeah, I, okay. I, yeah, go on. Yeah, two's two's enemy for me. So one is Prisoners for you. Yeah, and one, one is Arrival for me. One is Prisoners for me. I'm just jotting these down now. Two is Arrival. Uh, three is Incendies, four is Blade Runner. Oh, see, I'm going through this list now. I'm like, that's the I, th- I think Prisoners is just something else. Like, this is such this is honestly hand on heart. This is the hardest list I've had to put together. Same. It honestly, it honestly is. And I think that's credit to to Vilma for creating a list that's just you know, there's variety to it, it there's uniqueness to it. There's it's refreshing at times. It's quite. It's compelling most of the times. Let's say the narrative is well, you know, drawn out. Uh, I have to say, his pacing of movies are so good. Like Enemy, for example, that's such a short movie. Yeah, it's but like 80 minutes. Yeah, and I thought that was perfect. I, I felt like it didn't need to be drawn out any further. It's look up for interpretation. Interpret the the movie. And Cindy's a perfect, perfectly balanced in terms of its length. Prisoners. I, it's so I I think Prisoners is his best movie. I really do, just because I don't I don't think I even believe myself. I'm trying to convince myself. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. But one thing I know for sure is he has gone from strength to strength in terms mm-hmm. of uh, cinematography, in terms of filmography, his uh, his skills, what he wants from his actors. Obviously, yes, we have Roger Deakins as his like you know right hand man in terms of cinematography, but you can't just bring somebody in and expect him to do the work. You need to know what you want from him. And I think Villeneuve knows what he wants from his shots. And that's why they make such a great power couple, essentially, uh, in, in cinema. But yeah, Prisoner's number one for me. Two is arrived. Like those two, you could easily swap them around. I'll be honest with you. You could have any of these in number one, to be honest. Yeah. Number three is in Cindy's. Number four is Blade Runner. Number five is Sicario. And that's so low down. And number six is Enemy. But as you said, don't look at it as the six. Like, number six is a bad movie. That's his sixth best movie. But I think with this list being so difficult, it just shows you the pedigree of uh, of Villeneuve, to be honest with you. Yeah. And Um, we're probably going to have to do it over when Dune comes out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
Um, thoughts for doing quickly before we wrap up. I personally, I can't wait seeing all Me these neither. movies. Yeah, uh, I'm more hyped now than I was before, and I think I, I don't really want to jump into the books, but at the same time, I I do because I feel like I want to see how Villeneuve captures the essence and you know the 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 world the that I could imagine in the book and how he you know translate that translates that over to the big screen so i feel like i'm either going to buy that or the you know the the graphic novel that they were planning to do yeah um it's either that but with the graphic novel i feel like you know that's already you know there's going to be some sort of world building i feel like when you're reading just a novel it takes a great imagination to kind of build the world in your head while you're reading this amazing story and if I, f- I feel like if Villeneuve pulls this off, and I've said this so many times, I, f- I feel like I'm doing injustice now to him saying this could be his Dark Knight because I feel like a lot of these movies are his, you know, Dark Knight essentially. Um, but I feel like if he really pulls Dune off, I think he's, he's, he's top, he's a top, he, uh, in my books at the moment, he's a top three director. But he, yeah, it's, he's, he's so talented and I cannot wait to watch Dune and I feel like once we see that look you trust him as a director but once you see that movie I feel like Hollywood might push him to do different movies and might you know give him a blank check here and there but whatever the case may be I I, I, I me personally I am super hyped for Dune and I made the I wouldn't say it's a bold statement or a hot take uh, we haven't really had the greatest year for movies in terms of you know what's coming out Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dune should run away with movie of the year and if it doesn't win an Oscar I feel like it is you know, a disservice to the movie but it all remains to be seen it's coming out in roughly two months time and uh, I can't wait Mio Mio closing thoughts from you on Dune and that'll be it yeah I'm I'm excited to see uh, Denise's vision on Dune it took me the whole podcast to get his name right <laughs> but um you know, like, as far as the books, like, I wasn't that big of a fan of the books, maybe because, like, you know, it was, like, written in the 60s and, like, a yes. lot of things, like, out of date and, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really mesh too well with, like, the vision of the novel. But this looks, like, a lot more modern and looks, like, a lot more cooler. So I, I, I think I'm actually like this a lot more than the book. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I, I can't wait. I know Rick's a big fan because he's read the books and and that's the thing this is why i'm quite excited about this movie is because if you're taking something that's so dear to a lot of people so you 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 kind of i don't want this to be like i don't want this to be like a way brendan fraser comparison but (laughs) you could kind of compare this with game of thrones where it has a massive following in terms of you know the books and they tried to put it on on screen and then you didn't really satisfy everybody's you know it's because of the last season yeah yeah exactly so so that's the thing with with books it's quite hard to you know get right like for example what's his name the the guy that I don't like uh, Stephen King his books are incredible apparently right (laughs) the guy you don't like (laughs) Stephen King his books are incredible but they just don't translate well to the screen and I feel like that's obviously that's down to the director and their vision and how they interpret it so this will be an incredible feat of achievement if he pulls this off, uh, I have to say. So this mm-hmm. is why I am so excited for it. It's, 
it's not something that you could easily pull off. It takes a genius to do so. And if he pulls it, pulls this off, I think he's he's goaded in my mind. But I think he'll just be that just next level. Ne- next level. I think episode one hundred. Once the movie drops or whatever, I'm your host, Villeneuve's number one fan. <laughs> you never you never know. But yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited uh, for the movie. Mio, closing thoughts. I don't know if you wanted to say anything else or. Yeah, uh, I already want to redo my list because I, I feel like I put prisoners too low. I, I don't know. I'll probably hate myself <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, yeah. this it's, it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, what a great director. A, yeah. Excited it's, to see how his career goes. I hope yeah. he doesn't do only sci fi from now on because his last three movies have been sci fi. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, you know, he does like a comedy or like even like a horror movie because yeah. like, that's how, in my opinion, that's how yes. you get to like that goaded status. Like yes. you have to do different genres of movies, and yeah, you know, I would, I would love to see him do like a horror movie because he did a pretty good one with Enemy at the end. Yeah, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. I think that's the ne- next level for him. What would be interesting is if we, once we put the podcast out, we drop a, a comment in the in the group and see, because this is something I'm really interested in. I want to see what the boys think in terms of their order and i want to see what rick thinks and this is something i think i should put up an instagram post about because it's quite a a challenging task this is had this has to be handed down our hardest uh list yeah for sure yeah 100 percent. anyways mio as always a pleasure this was uh one of my favorite podcasts actually because it's just such a joy to talk about these movies uh and a director that I don't think is still out there, well known to like you know normal film goes. Like when you hear Nolan, you go, "Oh yeah, the guy that did Dark Knight." When you hear Villeneuve, you don't really associate him with one particular movie. So yeah, I, I really really enjoyed this movie. It's been an absolute blast as always. And yeah, just thanks to everybody for joining us this week for episode eighty-one of the Multiverse Podcast for the latest news, reviews, and updates, and more episodes like this for our Beyond the Multiverse series. Keep it locked to our Instagram page at themultiverse.ig. Also subscribe to The Multiverse on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Once again, thank you for your time. Have a great week and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Peace. Peace.